Thank you so much for inviting me to speak this evening. Uh, my name is Lonnie. I am a compulsive overeater. I'm a very grateful, abstaining compulsive overeater. And yes, I have released and have been holding off about 130 pounds now for quite a long time with still some more to go. So I am not that elusive, wonderful creature that I love who is tall and thin and has the pointy breast. That's my story. That's the way I think it should look. And my doctor recently said, uh, I don't think it's going to happen that way. Since I'm turning 80 in a couple of months, no, I just work on it. But here's the good news, okay? That's just the weight part. Overeaters Anonymous is not a weight loss program. We are not a diet club. This is a recovery program, which for me has to be based well in spirituality rather than uh, a diet plan and a menu. That diet plan and the menu, by the way, is very important to me and to other people, to all of us. It's one of our tools. Um, but it, it's, that is not exactly uh, the, the message and the story that I, I bring tonight. First off, I just remembered I was supposed to speak about 15 minutes ago because I was working on something with the 12 steps and putting together some information. The 12 steps, the 12 traditions are invitation to you, and there's going to be uh, my 100-pounder home meeting meets tonight beginning at 7.30, and I was putting together some information because we're going to be voting on some readings and things, and I just happened to look up and screamed and went running around to find my phone to make sure I have the contact information so that I could be here with you. And I'm very grateful to be here with you. And I'd like to talk a little bit about, this is Thursday, and this is how I started my Thursday. Kind of sounds like all the rest of my days, because I am that little old lady now, but I'll just talk about my Thursday, okay? So this morning when I woke up, um, before I could even make my way to the bathroom and the coffee pot, actually, I um, I spoke out loud and I gave thanks for um, the gift and the blessing uh, that I receive every morning. And that gift, I'm very specific about my gift. Now, everybody on the call and everybody in Overeaters Anonymous, you guys can make up your own gift. I'm good with that. This is my gift. So I speak this out loud and I say thank you. Thank you, God, for this morning's gift and this morning's blessing. And today, this is what I'd like it to be. Uh, I, I accept and I receive freedom from the bondage of compulsive overeating, freedom from the bondage of the sugar poison, my term, and freedom from the bondage of bad food behavior. Okay, so there's my gift. I'm good with this, absolutely fine with this. Make my way to the bathroom, to the kitchen to hit the coffee pot and the second part starts, and I speak this out loud also. I also invite. I like invitations. And so I invite God, I invite my higher power today, just today, into everything, the whole body, the whole thing. Um, my thoughts, my words, my actions, my reactions, my service, my exercise. Because I have... I've come to understand that in the course of one day, I'm going to touch all of those things. And there was a time I would have been, but I don't give service every day. Actually, yes, I do. Every time I make or accept a telephone call uh, for a program call in the course of a day, that's service. I also give service outside of OA. But I guess the, my point being that those things that I name, thoughts, 
words, actions, reactions, service, and exercise are things that I participate in every day. And I issue that invitation for God to come in. And also, I did tell you that I need to get rid of still some some excess weight. And so I also invite, please take charge of that excess weight. My food is good. I report it every day to my sponsor. And I I do not compulsively overeat. I don't eat the sugar poison under any circumstances. I am a sugar addict, hardcore. That's how I became a 100-pounder. And so that invitation is issued. And with that, I kind of go about my day. So that sounds super simple. You know, as I say it, it kind of sounds simple. Let me tell you, I, I kind of um, take things kind of easy when it comes to defining my program and defining my food plan and stuff. I don't complicate it real bad. I pretty much, I pretty much keep it simple. So now I've asked. I've given thanks and I have accepted I've received these gifts already. These gifts are mine. It's Thursday. They were given to me first thing this morning when I got up. So what's my job? Well, as I see it, my job becomes simple. Don't trash the gifts. Don't throw the gifts away. Accept the gifts. Receive the gifts. Make it easy. If anyone is on this call who struggles maybe with understanding abstinence, because we hear all kinds of things regarding abstinence. I like to say get 100 compulsive overeaters in a room. You're going to have 100 different food plans and 100 different forms of abstinence. So what's my job? My job is don't trash it. Accept it. Receive that blessing. It's a good blessing. Take care of it. Honor it all day long. And don't trash it. So today I've had the breakfast, I've had the lunch, I've run some errands, I'm working on some stuff for my uh, my 100-pounder meeting that happens at 7.30, that's a Zoom meeting, and so, um, so far so good. I most likely won't get the dinner, because I'm on the call with you, I won't get the dinner until after the meeting, which is a little late Pacific Standard Time, for me to be having the dinner, it's all right. You know, life happens. Nothing has to be exactly to the alarm clock all the time. So let me tell you a little bit about how I got here. So I got here kind of a long time ago, but this was my time of the year. You know, this is the time of the year when all the dietary things are on television and in the magazines and all that good stuff, and I fell victim to all of that. Uh, was not successful in any of it, but I paid attention. Anyhow, a friend contacted me in January and, and invited me. This is January, by the way, 1986 so some years ago, uh, and invited me. She had been to an Overeaters Anonymous meeting uh, not far from where we live. We both lived, and she wanted to know if I'd like to attend with her. So this would have been her second meeting and my first, and I had nothing better to do that night, and I said, okay. And so I went, and I was not, you know, uh, I bought the AA's 12 and 12. That's what we used in those days. I still had that book. Oh, totally marked up and obliterated, but I still had that book. And uh, the only good thing that I walked away from that meeting was that you guys have a name for stuff. So there was about 10 people in that meeting. Uh, we sat around the room. I was the largest person in the room, 100-pounder. But you guys said your name, and then you said you were a compulsive overeater, and I just went, oh, caught my breath because I thought, oh, my God, there's a word, there's a name for what I do, and you guys do it too. I'm not the only person who does it. 
So armed with that information and the AA's 12 and 12, I left the meeting that night. I would go home. I was going to read the the book for the plot, which is what I did, and I would learn the secret to Overeaters Anonymous, and I'd be done with you, and I could live the rest of my life. Thank you very much. Oh, by the way, I'll lose 150 pounds, and I'm done. That's that. That was that was Lottie's good plan in January of 1986. God had a different plan. Didn't bother to consult me about it, by the way. So the following week, my friend calls me to see if I'm going to go to that meeting again. And 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 here's the thing. In those days, I was really, um, how do I say this? I was a liar, a cheat, a sneak, and a thief. That pretty much defined my food. That also defined uh, uh, much of my character. Not all of it, but but much of it. And and I was a good liar. And I couldn't come up with a good enough reason. I, I just couldn't come up with something I could sell her that she would buy. She knew me well. Uh, so I wouldn't have to go to that meeting. So I said, okay, with not much enthusiasm. And I went back to the meeting. This time, I know what the room looks like. I know what the people look like. I kind of know what's going to, all right, I got this, right? Remember, I bought the book, though I did read it for the plot, did not find what I was looking for, but I went back the second time because I'm really looking for how can I weasel out of this now? I'm done with this. And as I was leaving, uh, a very beautiful young woman who was the secretary and booked the speakers and did a whole bunch of stuff for that meeting, she stopped me at the door as I was leaving in all of my 340 pounds of loveliness and she said, Lonnie, she said, whatever it is that you are eating after the meeting when you go home, whatever it is that you're eating, I want you to not worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just come back to the meeting next week. And I remembered walking away to the parking lot to my car thinking, no one has ever, ever said those words to me. Everybody wants me to worry about what I eat. What I eat, you know, I can't see a, a medical professional or a dentist or anything without food. Uh, somebody trying to tell me what to eat. How could she say that? And she's so beautiful. Do you know what? I came back that next week. So my plan was I was done with it, and I came back the next week. And here's the, the, the blessing and the beauty of this whole little saga that I'm telling you. I've never left. At the end of this month, God willing, I'm still alive I will celebrate 37 years of abstinence from compulsive overeating, abstinence from the sugar poison, and pretty much abstinence from bad food behavior. Has it been perfect? Oh, please. Not in the remotest. However, uh, I go forward. Um, I have a sp- I've had a sponsor almost the whole time I've been in OA. Uh, there was a short period, quite a few years ago, when I didn't have a sponsor. And then I asked my current sponsor, this was a long time ago, she is still my sponsor, and you know uh, when I'm done with this call and I'm done with my meeting tonight, I will make sure that my food list is filled out and any other message I need to send her, put it in an email, hit the send button. I do this every night just like I have a morning ritual uh, upon awakening. Oh, and I have another ritual at night. Kind of closes my day. Once again, I speak it out loud, and I give thanks to God for closing the kitchen. Thank you for closing the kitchen. I may have liquid. I try not to drink too much liquid late at night. I'm on Pacific time, so it's only just a little bit after 6 o'clock. But I try not to drink too much because it will only run me to the bathroom during the night. Um, But there's when there's no more food, when the dinner is done, there's no more food, there's no more food. I do not 
sit around thinking about, wow, is there anything that I missed in that kitchen? No, the kitchen is closed. The kitchen will reopen in the morning. And one of the blessings that I learned many years ago, one of the miracles, uh, was that I could exist from the close of dinner to the beginning of breakfast the next morning and not die of starvation. My abstinence, when I began it, by the way, uh, was simple. I said I was simple. It was, and my meals in those days were much, much larger than they are now, believe me. But my meals had a beginning and an end. Today, my meals have a beginning and and an end. It starts, it stops. Breakfast, it starts, it stops. Lunch, starts, it stops. Dinner. There's no trailing in between. Once in a while, I will have a snack, and that usually means I eat an apple. That's about as powerful as that gets. Um, but otherwise, that so that takes care of the food part. And I don't worry too much about the food part, except for one really funny lesson with the food stuff. So I heard someone say this, and I've just absorbed it and adopted it, and I love it. And she said, if people, if you are having difficulties, she was sharing, she said, if you are having difficulties with um, with breaking, giving away your abstinence and, you know, what's on your plate when you sit down or whatever, that's not when you... That's not when you give away your abstinence. It's not at the plate, at the table. You give away your abstinence in the grocery store when you put it in the cart. And when she said that, I went, oh, that intake of breath. Oh, do I identify? I think I did. And she said, yeah. So funny thing, um, I heard this from uh, a fellow years ago, and here we have the pandemic. It's 2020. I'm in the grocery store wearing my mask, trying to get groceries just like everybody else was, and I decided to put something in the cart that mm, was a little on the questionable side, just questionable. And I'm thinking at the time, oh, crap, you know, my sponsor's going to see this. We're going to have that talk about this. And, um, and, and I could hear her voice, you know, messing with your abstinence. You break it. You give it away. It happens in the cart in the grocery store way before you get home. I turned that cart around. I took that item out. I put it back on the shelf where it belonged. And I went through the store, and I'm wearing a mask. And, of course, I'm talking to myself, and I don't really care if other people see me. And I thought, wow, that was really a powerful message that I heard a long time ago, and here I am in the grocery store, and it must have been something like, I don't know, March of 2020, when you know when the grocery stores were having lines and trying to get in and stuff. And I remember that. And that was a blessing that I heard and received at a meeting like I've heard and received lots of them, lots of messages, and it applied exactly. And I got home and I called my sponsor and we had a conversation about it. And other, We talked about other things and we laughed. But the recovery was in the fact that I had heard it, applied it, took something out of the cart that I really wasn't alcohol, but it was something I didn't need to eat, put it back on the shelf, and then told the truth about it with my sponsor, and we have since had other conversations like that or around the same kind of thing. So what does all that mean to me? I am a recovering compulsive overeater. I do not have, uh, wait, I have neutrality over sugar. I told you I was a sugar addict. Thank you. I told you I was a sugar addict, hardcore sugar addict, since I was a child, um, but I 
wait a minute, I just I, I, I lost my train of thought in there because I'm that person. Um, I'm just going to have to keep going. If I get my train of thought back, I'll go back to my point. Otherwise, I shan't worry about it. So I've got five minutes left, and I think I'd like to talk about the higher power. Okay? I didn't have a trouble. I, I never had a problem with there being a God. With there being God. Um, I don't have any difficulty with that at all. I had difficulty because how I met you was somewhere in there I was trying to be God. I came to Overeaters Anonymous because I was terrified. It was January of 1986. My life was not working well. Finances were not working well. And I was terrified. I was 43 years old. And I was terrified that I was going to have a heart attack and die and someone was going to gain authority over my children. It was in Overeaters Anonymous that I began to actually listen to other people and understand that I could have a power, that there is a power greater than me. I am not the power greater than me. I am the lesser power. I say that about myself. There's a higher power and a lower power. I get to be the lower power. I also, I said I have a, a sugar neutrality. I have neutrality with sugar today. It does not call me at all, almost ever. But the reason that happens is because I never try to eat it. There is no little bit. There is no, uh, wow, I'm, you know, I'm going to your wedding, and if I don't eat a piece of your cake, your marriage is going to fall apart. If you guys are waiting for me for that one, your marriage is going to fall apart because I'm not going to do that. And and I'm very easy with it. I don't launch into big explanations about it. And there's just certain things that I have to turn over to the power greater than me, to God. I said this morning that I received the gift today, like I accept and receive the gift every morning. And I'm grateful for that gift. I don't give the gift. I believe God gives the gift. I accept and receive the gift. So I am not the higher power. I am willing to totally accept that there is a power much greater than me, which means that there are things that are not my business. Uh, About a year ago, a little more than a year ago now, I think I stopped watching the news. I'm a news junkie, and I stopped watching the news because it was beginning to affect me. And it affected me in a way that agitated me, and agitation and things like that are not, I don't do well with that. So I have to say some prayers. Let me turn over these crazy people, whoever they are. I will not name them. You can make up your, get your own crazy people. Let me turn them over to, to God. They have a power greater than themselves. My job is to try and do be the best version of Lonnie that I can be today. Because I was given the gift. I accepted and received the gift. My food is clean. My food also is abstinent. I have a begin I have beginnings and ends. I have a nice uh, food plan and and I handle that with uh with grace and dignity. And and so I there there's things that I just cannot control and I don't care I don't debate. Whatever it is that you think is your higher power works for me, it works for you. If you're happy, I'm happy. So for me, like I said in the beginning, uh I try to keep my program simple. I try not to complicate it and I'm ever so grateful to the people who give service. I give service and I'm so grateful to the people who wrote the book, big book of Alcoholics Anonymous because for the first time ever 
I saw how to break an addiction. And I did, I was willing to do the work, still doing the work, so the work continues. That usually means inventory. Um, and, uh, and, and the addiction is broken. I don't worry the food anymore. I'm, I'm in places where they serve things that are not for me. Fine. I don't eat them. Holiday dinners, I no longer eat conventionally. I eat whole food, plant-based, and I'm really great for bringing my own food. And my family looks at it like this. Whatever I decide to do with my meals is my business. If I eat conventionally and they're great cooks, what they eat, fine. fine. If I don't, fine. And you know, for today, my life works really well like that. And I am in so much gratitude. So thank you for inviting me to share this evening. And I, uh, I'm done. Thank you.